guys stand with us as we worship?
God, I thank you that you are real, Father. I thank you that you are not a myth or a legend or a fairy tale, but where two or three are gathered, surely you are there. God, if there's any walls or if there's anything holding anything back right now from you invading this place, we just command those to be gone in Jesus' name. And we just pray right now, we thank you that your angels are in this room ministering over us. And we thank you, God, that where your light is, darkness can't be. And that where you are, freedom takes place. So God, I just pray right now that you would wake us up a little bit, God. That you would, your spirit and your presence would be so thick in this place that it couldn't, we couldn't help but to scream and shout and dance. Because you are real. So God, I pray that your realness right now would flood this place. Guys, would you take a risk with me? I ask that every week. Um, can you just put your hand on the person to your right? Can you do that? Is everyone okay with that? Or if you don't have someone to your right, just so you're touching someone. Abby, can you do this? And will you just pray and say, God, have your way with them tonight. You guys, is, everyone, is anyone weirded out right now? Can you just say, God, have your way with them tonight. Say, God, we give you permission to do what only you want to do tonight. Is there anyone in this room not getting prayer, prayed for right now? Yeah? Michael, come up here and get prayer from someone. Now, will you put your other hand on your own heart? And just say, God, we give you permission to do what only you want to do tonight. We are here to meet the living God. We believe that you are real. We believe that you exist. We believe that your Holy Spirit is alive within us. So Jesus, come and have your way. Jesus, come and have your way. We give you permission. We are here to meet with the living God. We believe in you. We believe in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to go back into another song. I just... I don't know, I just feel like maybe it's because we have less numbers or there's just something holding us back. And I don't care if there's 100, 150, or five of us, we're here to meet God. And so just keep giving him permission and trust that he's gonna meet you because you came to meet him. So Lord, have your way.
Jesus, we thank you that for endless days we'll be singing your name, God. And Father, I just pray that tonight, like really, Lord, we want to be people of your presence. And wherever your presence is going and whatever your presence is doing, whatever you're doing, Holy Spirit, we want to follow your lead. And so tonight, we just give you full reins, God, to, to be the lead and us to be the followers. Father, I don't just pray for Ryan. We just pray that you speak to him, Lord. We pray that our hearts will be open to receive the message that you put on his heart. We just honor him in this moment as our friend and as our brother. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for how you've used him to transform and shape our lives, God. Father, I just thank you that every single person here, I believe every single person here has a story and a testimony. And we thank you for the role that Ryan's played in it. And we just welcome him up, God, and we say thank you. We thank you for putting him as a leader here in our midst. And pray that whatever word that you speak something personally and to each and every single heart here to receive from you, God, tonight. That it may leave this place looking a little more, sounding a little more, and feeling a little more like Jesus, God. In your name we pray. Amen. You guys can go ahead and take your seats. Well, I'm like, I'm not sure what you're doing. Well, guys, we have Ryan Nardo, who's going to be giving us an awesome message. He's going to be pumped. It's going to be from the heart. And, yeah, Ryan, if you're okay, could you mind if you let me just stretch out your hands and just prayed and prayed over you as you get ready to share whatever God's put on your heart for us. So you guys will be comfortable with it. Um, just go ahead and stretch out your hands towards Ryan. Yeah, so, Father, we thank you for, we thank you for your friend. And your son, Ryan Otto, we thank you that you've taken him all over the world to preach and proclaim your name. And we thank you that you've brought him here to be a friend to a brother to us and to be a leader who really truly wants to be a brother before he's seen as a leader. And God, we thank you for his pastoral heart that he longs for all of us to know your presence, but he doesn't want a single one of us to leave and to not know you. And he's not, he's not content with going places where every single one of us don't follow. So God, we pray that the word that you put on his heart may just come from yours and minister to us so powerfully tonight in the ways you desire, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'll buy you lunch later or something for that. <laughs> good okay cool amen <laughs> well what's up guys thank you for coming out on this windy winter are we still in winter i wish we were in spring winter night uh wind's crazy out there hey before i start i just uh feel it on my heart to do this we got two special guests in the back jake pettit and joshua paul and can we give them a round of applause real quick they uh woo! um they've been leaders in this ministry uh they probably what they graduated last year, and they were four years leaders in this, worship leader, and Jake discipled a lot of awesome men of God. So we just want to honor them. We say they're in town for the conference, and they came here. So uh, we just say thanks for being with us, guys. We pray that what the Lord is doing over there, he'll do the same here. So I'm bless you guys. Yeah. Can you guys just stand up real quick? Yep, I'm going to do this. <laughs> can, we just, can we just really, I just want to honor them. Um, 
And God, we just pray that we thank you for bringing them here and just ask you to bless them, God. And uh, we just thank you for the years of service that they've done in the vineyard, but most of all for your kingdom. And they're, they're both in different stages of life now, having full-time jobs. And we just pray that you would use them in their jobs. You'd use them in their workplace. And that right now, God, uh, that you just refresh them and blow on them and just remind them of all the ways that you've used them at the U of I campus. We bless our brothers in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Well, hey, guys, we are in a series looking at, through the book of Acts. We are in Acts chapter 7. We had an awesome message last week. Was anyone here last week? Raise your hand. I'll probably a lot of you. Seriously, last week was probably one of the top three alive services I've ever been at. Um, we either freaked people out or they are just homesick because it was a lot more full last week. But I think we had like, what, 40 to 50 people up here just on their knees crying out to God. We went to, out, we went to 1020 and somehow we got cleaned up in 10 minutes. So that was a miracle in itself. But um, yeah, Ben, yep. <laughs> but man, just so good uh, to see what God's been doing through this series. Um, we are looking at a powerful story today, so I just want to remind you, kind of a recap a little bit to last week. Mark talked about a lot of great things, but we ended looking at the character of Stephen. Stephen wasn't one of the 12 disciples, but he came on. He was an amazing man of God, and it says um, in Acts 6 that Stephen, a man of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. So he went out, he was preaching, he was proclaiming the word of God in a bold and a real and powerful way. He was healing people in Jesus' name. And then something happened. And kind of like Peter and John, if you remember a couple weeks ago, the Pharisees, the scribes, the religious leaders that were supposed to know God kind of got upset. The same people that kind of killed Jesus didn't like his name being proclaimed and didn't like these miraculous signs still being shown. And it was proof that Jesus was still real. It was proof that Jesus was still alive. And before we go in that, I just felt like I wanted to start off the night by sharing this verse. In John 15, 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one lo one's life for one's friend. And as we talk about as we talk about that tonight, I want you to really think of that first. So I was praying and I was thinking about the message, even though it's not an Acts. I really feel like that, that message tonight, that verse tonight, is such a true testimony of what Stephen did. And as we think about that verse, I want to ask you, have you ever been wrongly accused of something? So if someone comes at me and like says, Ryan, I want to have a meeting, we need to talk, and they like tell me something that I know I did wrong or that I feel bad about, it's usually I'm pretty open to receive that. But if someone comes at me and accuses me of something that I know I didn't do or, or their accusations are false, man, that riles me up, right? Because it's like I know I'm not in the wrong here. Or if, you, or if you accuse someone else and I know they're in, in, innocent or they're not in the wrong, I, there's a protector side of me that comes out. Have you ever felt like that in your life? Has anyone judged you or has a situation happened in your life where you know you weren't in the wrong? I want you to think about that. Let's, let me ask you this. Has anyone ever said anything about you or done anything, even if it was true, but they told people, they somehow slandered your name, they talked about you, they, they, and then they went to other people and they told these other people things that made people think about you differently. 
Think about that. I know that happened to me a lot in middle school. <laughs> Some people say high school was hard. Man, middle school sucked for me. Am I allowed to say that in church? <laughs> oh, man, it was hard. But have you ever felt like that? Ben, have you ever felt like that? That doesn't feel good, does it? What about you, Kaylee? You're, you're awesome. So I don't know anyone who would say anything bad about you. <laughs> but, man, that, that hurts, right? Um, I remember in uh, high school, we had this house that had a huge, huge, huge tree in it. And guys, I'm not, I'm not lying. It must, I must have got my house toilet papered like maybe six to eight times one summer. And this tree, it was so big. Like it took me hours to clean it. And I, I had no idea who did it. And so my stepdad went out. He went out to Home Depot. And he bought one of those motion sensor alarms. And so he put it on the tree because, man, they were just done with it. And um, one night, I was actually having my buddy from the football team over. He was sleeping over, and uh, we were wa playing, watching a movie, playing video games or something, and this thing's going off, beep, beep, beep. I'm lucky my, my buddy was pretty big. Um, but uh, we, we look out, and there's like 15 dudes, roll, like TP in my house at like 2 in the morning. And so me and my buddy and my stepdad, we go out, we sneak around back, and <laughs> I'm, I'm ashamed to say, but man, my, my stepdad goes around the corner and Boom, nails this guy. This guy was big, dude. He did not see it coming. He got knocked out. <laughs> and like, and then my, me and my buddy go around the other corner. My buddy tackles someone. And I'm like, like one of those guys like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I didn't get anyone. I was so upset. <laughs> my, my buddy and my stepdad nailed someone. And I just looked. I was so ashamed of myself. Um, but to find out, like two or three of my really good friends so I didn't know this, but the girl soccer team and the guy soccer team were having this competition each week to see who could roll my house better because I guess I had the perfect yard for it. Soccer players, gosh. <laughs> um, just wait. It was funny when all of my boys from the football team found out. But, um, so, but it was, I remember finding out that two of my really good friends were doing this. Like, like they lied to me about stuff because they knew this was happening and like, and, and when I found out, there was such an anger burning in me. I'm like, I can't wait to tell everyone that you did. Like, you, you know what's going to happen. Like, like, and, like, there was such an anger, and I couldn't wait to tell all my bros and to, like, just get them in a place to give them what they deserve. And I thought about that during this message, and I was praying and preparing. And I don't know if you're like me and your house got toilet papered or something happened to you growing up or maybe something now. But has anyone done something to you that you just wish you could have one chance where it's toe-to-toe -to -toe and everyone's in the room and you can just set people straight to who they are and what they've done about you? What would you do if you were in that situation? What would you do if you had a chance to get someone back that wronged you? Think about that during this story. So Stephen, this amazing man of God, Bold and powerful, just going out there and spreading the name of Jesus, doing miraculous things, praying for people to be healed. And these Sadducees and these Pharisees, they said, we cannot let this happen anymore. Just like Peter and John, they arrest him. They put him in trial. They put him amongst all the judges and amongst all the people. But instead of getting a fair trial, they pay people off. They persuade people to lie and say false accusations about him, to make up things that is untrue about Stephen's life. So then put, put yourself in his shoes. You're in court right now. An attorney just paid out the judge. 
and your life could be on the line. And now the judge that is supposed to be fair and maybe even the jury has been paid off and don't want you to win. But they give you the mic and they say, share your story, tell us what happened. And I wonder, what would we do in that situation? Would we lash back? Would we make up lies about the people who are lying about us? Would we fight back? Would we cower in fear? Would we hire someone else to defend us? Or would we trust God to defend us? I love the quote that says this, live in such a way that if someone told a lie about you, no one would believe it. We live in such a way that if someone makes up things about us, other people would hear it and say, there's no way that's true. It's not easy when th people say things about us. But I wonder, when we're in those situations, are we going to lash back? Are we going to give them what we really want to give them? Or are we going to take the low road like Jesus did and trust for God to fight our battles? So this is where Stephen is. He's in the jury. He's in the courtroom. And he's given them platform and said, share your story. Share why you're doing this. Share your account because a lot of people are saying some pretty bad things about you. Man, I don't know about you, but I'd be pretty scared in that moment. And Stephen goes for it. He lets it all out. Yeah, I love the verse. And you might think, you're like, man, well, how would we know what to say? We'd be scared. And I just want to point out this verse. I love it in Luke 12, 11 through 12. And it says this. When you are brought before synagogues, and this is kind of cool because this is written before Acts is written. So check this. When, when you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourself or what you will say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. So take that in again. The Holy Spirit will give you the words that you're meant to say. I don't know why, I just think of this. You're in the classroom, you're taking your final test to pass, and your teacher accuses you of che cheating. Would you trust right there that God's going to defend you, that God's going to give you the words to say? Or would you say, no, I didn't cheat, he cheated. Or she cheated. What would we do? I think Stephen trusted God. I want to point out this verse too. In Proverbs 28.1 it says, The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. The righteous are as bold as a lion. And I want to set up these two verses because I think that Stephen might have been pretty scared. His life is probably on the line that we don't even know if the disciples or apostles are there. He's all by himself in a room of people that don't want him to succeed. That it basically, it, it's, not a, it's not looking good for Stephen. He probably knows he's either going to be life in jail or his life's going to be taken. And I think there's a gut check right there. What do you do? Do you say, I'm sorry, I'll never talk about Jesus again? Oh, I'm sorry, those healings weren't real, I made them up? Do you agree with the accusations that were told about you, Noah? Or do you stand true to who you are and who your God is? I think right now, we've all been in situations probably like that in our lives. 
I know so when I'm around a certain family, I can't talk, you know, like I do right here. I still love Jesus. I still me. But, like, if I start talking about Jesus, it's going to do, do more harm than good. So I have to be intentional to ask Holy Spirit, how can I be Jesus to them today? How can I be the hands and feet of Jesus to people in my family or, or when we're given opportunities to speak in the classroom or on the football field or, or if we're teachers, if anyone seen the movie God is Not Dead, you know, or, or as we're working in our, in our work fields, how do we be the hands and feet of Jesus and speak the words of Jesus in an intentional, significant way that matters, that can make a difference? And I love, I think Stephen listened to the Holy Spirit. So he goes on, he starts sharing how God ever existed, how God moved through Adam and Eve, how God moved through Abraham and Isaac, Jacob, Isaac and Jacob, and then moved through Moses and, the, and all the Egyptians and the story of Joseph and went back and account and account and every detail and shared about the miracles and wonders of God. And I think the first thing that God wants us to know tonight is sometimes we have to reflect on how God has moved in our lives. I just met with a, a student recently and he, he's known the Lord and he's loved the Lord, but he's in a spot right now where he doesn't know if he believes in God. And I just started sharing about some things, how God has moved in my life and reminded him how God has moved in his life. Because when you share the stories of God, you, you can't help to get inspired a little bit especially from people who you trust and believe in. And, and the biggest thing that I think Stephen did, he let it all out. And as I'm reading this story in Acts chapter 7, which I hope you guys can read on your own, it, it, it's really a gut check. Would I have cared so much about what other people think, or do I care about what my God thinks? Because one day, friends, our life is going to end, and you know that. I know that. And when we look back at our lives, will we have been the people, will we, we have, will we have lived a life that truly mattered, that truly made a difference? Jake and Josh, I keep thinking of you guys. You guys are two guys that love the Lord in a true mighty way, and you're working in corporate America right now. And I just see, I, I, I can't wait to talk to these guys and see how God's now using them in the corporate world. Because that, man, the corporate world needs Jesus more than anything. Pralav's here from India, studying and learning and growing in Christ. And one day I know God's going to send you back as a missionary there and use you in amazing ways. That we're all here at U of I and Parkland. Ben, I said Parkland. You're on the football team. You're on the football team. You guys, we all have talents and skills. Jared, you work here at the U of I. You see students every day. That we all have been given this platform to make a difference. And guys, this story has stirred me because I don't want to be afraid to share about Jesus anymore. If it was easy, everyone would do it. If it was easy and it could be proven, everyone would believe in it. Of course everyone can believe in this chair. You can all see it. We can touch it. If I throw it and it breaks the window, then I'll get in trouble. <laughs> But guys, I believe that you have a story that matters. And before we get to the text, I, I know I'm kind of a long, long introduction, but you're like, man, that's only an introduction? Shoot, time we end in. Thanks for laughing. As Michael checks his watch. 
if you were in Stephen's spot, what would you do? I've been afraid of my life too much, and I don't want to be afraid anymore. I believe if God, if we allow God and say, God, you can use us, he will. So let's see what Stephen did. So I'm going to read in Acts chapter 7, starting at the end of the chapter. And it says this. So he, so he shares it on the line. He shares a story of God. And at the end, he talks about Jesus and how they, the people, killed Jesus. When they heard this, they were, they were furious and, get, and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and, this, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Can, you, can, you, can we just stop right there for a second? So these dudes are gnashing their teeth, whatever that means. And Stephen is sitting there and, he, and, and he's, people are coming at him. But he looks up and he sees the Son of God, a.k.a. Jesus, sitting at the right hand of God. Can you imagine what that was like? It doesn't say he just saw the sunlight shining through the clouds. Like he literally saw the face of Jesus. I know I say this a lot, but do you guys believe? And do you guys, the, the reality, I think about this. Sometimes I go to church and I'm not really feeling it. And why am I here? And then I'll just close my eyes. And I just picture what I would act like and what I would do if Jesus was standing up here. Because there's a reality that like we're going to see his face one day. When he comes back to earth or when we go to heaven. But we're going to see him face to face. And will we know him? Like Stephen, in the, in, in, in the, in the middle, in, in, the, in the most important time of his life, when people were coming at him and accusing him, he trusted the Holy Spirit and he saw Jesus. I wonder when we're in storms and we're being accused and people are coming at us, do we just stop and say, Jesus, where are you at right now? Show me where you are. Remind me that I'm not alone. And give me the words to say. So Stephen, Stephen goes on and, and the word says this. At verse, seven, uh, verse 57. At this they crowded, they, they covered their ears. And yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him. Dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their cloths at the feet of a young man named Saul. Which we're going to hear about in a couple weeks. While they, were, while, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Man, let that sink in for a second. Again, I don't know if it was at recess in elementary school for you. Or, or whatever situation you've been in where you felt alone and people are coming at you. But I know that's scary. I know I've been there. I know I may even be there in the future. But yet, even though I feel alone, I'm not alone. He saw Jesus. And his stones are literally being thrown at him. He prays to God. 
And he says, receive my spirit. And then forgive them of their sins. Wow. Forgive them of their sins. This dude is praying this and saying this as stones are literally being thrown at him. And he doesn't fight back. He doesn't yell at them. He doesn't say, you're going to hell. He prays for them. And he asks God to forgive them. I know we can read this story in this book and kind of think, oh, did that really happen? Is that just a tale and a myth? But I believe it did happen. And I believe things like this happen all the time. I think, again, about the story of of Columbine High School where the guy puts a gun up to the girl's head and says, do you believe in Jesus? She said, yes. And yet, she does not walk this earth anymore, but her story lives on. Her story lives on. And Stephen's story lives on. And most of all, Jesus' story lives on. So what kind of story are you leaving? What kind of story are we living? What kind of story are we going to leave on this campus when you graduate in a year? If, you know, if we weren't around our friends, right, if we moved, would our presence, would our absence be noticed? Would the lack of our presence be noticed in our classrooms, in our relationships, in our family, in our jobs? Are we just here fulfilling a role, fulfilling a task, or are we making a difference? I don't know about you, but I can't make a difference without God. It says we can't, nothing is impossible without him, but everything is possible with him. So I ended this verse again in John 15, 13. There's no greater gift, there's no greater love than one, one to lay down his life for one, for one of their friends. I just ask, is there someone or, so, or many people that we need to pray for, that we need to forgive? Who's, who, what, what thing do we need to lay down for God? Would you pray with me? God, I just pray that you come and do what only you can do. We love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name.
point. So we will have some leaders in the back. And uh, we will talk and pray with, uh, with privacy. And if you guys have anything that you want to talk to us or just pray for unforgiveness or just really surrender to the Lord. Be like, I just want help. I want help to forgive this person. I want to be as righteous and bold as a lion. You can come and find uh, any leader in the back. And we would love to partner with you and pray for you. We believe in you guys and we love you guys.
Just take a minute and wait on the Lord. God, I just pray that you just enter this moment right now, God. Lord, I just ask that with all these hearts in this room, God, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you just meet each and every person. Whatever they're looking for, God, I just pray you meet them right now, Jesus. Lord, during this last song, I pray that you will be the king of our hearts. That our heartbeat will be your heartbeat, will be heaven's heartbeat, God. Because you are worthy of our praise. You are a good father. And so I just pray that you come right now, Holy Spirit, and you just move in this place, God. I pray you empower us to go and, and not be afraid to show that we are yours. We are forever yours, Jesus. Yeah, guys, I just feel like the Lord's just going to empower us during this song. I know we've done it a, a little bit, but uh, I think that this is a declaration. And so I encourage you guys, if you, if you want to move around, get comfy, I just encourage you, take a risk. Because I believe the Lord wants to meet you where you're at. So if you believe it, let's sing this together. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I
know when bad things happen, uh, it feels lonely, it feels scary. Sometimes it feels like God can let us down, doesn't it? Let's just be real, right? But I think sometimes it's in this storm when you don't feel it, when you sing out the praise and you choose to believe it, that's what makes faith so strong. That when everyone is turning against you and you feel alone and things are being said about you that isn't true and stones are being thrown at you, whether that's words, accusations, or physical, tangible stones. I don't want to listen to that. I want to look up and I want to see God. I want to see Jesus standing there with me. Knowing that I won't be shaken. Because he's the one that makes me strong. So I say, if any of you right now feel like you're in a storm, if you feel like the waves are coming, I say, take heart, for this too soon shall pass, and you will come out the other side, and you do have a story to tell that matters. Just like Stephen's story is remembered, and Jesus' story is remembered, I believe your story will be remembered, because your story reflects his story, and his story is being lived out in you. Every single day, we wake up. Every single day, Aaliyah, we choose to fight. Every single day that we push back against the darkness and say there is a light and there is a hope. And I don't want to go through the motions anymore. Right, David? Right, James? Do you guys believe that you're fighters? Do you guys believe that you can make a difference? I know you do, Aaron. No, for real though. Because guys, let's just be honest. Sometimes it feels like God can let us down. But I don't want to base my life on feelings. I want to know the reality that when everything feels like it's crumbling, he is up to something. And he has a better story for me and for us than we can, we have what we have for ourselves. You're in the storm, take heart. And trust that he's gonna get you through it. And then say, now go back and help others. Right, McKenna? All we do, all we have to do is say yes and trust him. If you feel like, can everyone just close their eyes real quick as we close? I'm, I'm the only one looking, and maybe some of the band because they're playing their instruments. But if you feel like you're in a storm right now and you're just alone and you're hurting, would you just be courageous enough to, hold, to raise your hand? I just want to specifically pray for you guys right now. Thank you for your boldness. I just want to say I also feel that way. So I hope that encourages you. God, I just pray for my friends right now. I just pray for them right now. I'm just gonna go around and touch them on the shoulder right now. God, I just pray for them right now, God. And I thank you that they're not alone because there's other people in this room right now that feel this way. And we will say together that we will have hope. That we will have hope. And so God, I thank you that we do not depend on feelings. And we don't look 
and what we can see because that's wasting away. But we look at what we can't see. So God, I just bless my brothers and my sisters with your hope. And I pray that we will be a people of hope. It's easy to have hope when everything's going good. But what makes hope so strong and faith so strong is to have it when everything isn't going good. Is to look at someone in the eye and say, I can't believe right now. Will you believe for me? So God, make us a family. Inspire us to be a family and a people. And we say we believe, God, but help our unbelief. I thank you that we're not alone. That we're not alone. So as we end the night, would you sing this with Leah? First over ourselves, and then over each, over each other. That we're not alone. He is with you. He is with us. Put your hands on your heart with your eyes closed, please. One more time. Can we sing this chorus just with the voices and the keys? Let that settle in, guys. Yeah, that Jesus gives us 
There's so many promises of the gospel. I love quite a few of them. They get me quite giddy sometimes when I read them. One of my favorites is that Jesus promises us that he will never leave us alone. There's a passage in Isaiah that says, even though a mother could possibly, it's a father that we can imagine, a mother could forget the child of her womb, but God will never forget his children. He's got our names etched on his hands, and he never leaves us alone. So I want to pray this over us. Friends, brothers and sisters, do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord will personally, I like that. He's personally, he's not sending someone, he's doing it himself. He's personally going to go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. So God, we just thank you tonight that you are the God that never fails or abandons us. And Father, any places in our lives that we may feel or think that we are abandoned, we pray that this truth will settle deeply in our hearts. And God, I pray that you will send someone. I thank you that you've put us not just, you don't just save us so we could stand alone, but we stand as a, in a family. God, I pray that you will send to each and every single person in that area and in that place where they may feel or think they're alone. You send them a friend. You send them a brother, Holy Spirit. I ask you, send them a brother or sister. Someone who they knew, like, there's no way they would have known. There's no way they would have done this on their own accord if it wasn't for the Lord coming. It wasn't for the Lord putting that on their hearts. And God, I love it when you work personally, but I just pray that grace right now that you will, you will send us to be ministering agents and ministering angels to each other, God. And as we leave tonight, our hearts and souls will sing out and know that we're not alone. Just pray that right now in Jesus' name.